0: On today's episode, we are changing it up and talking about coins. Make sense? (laughs) Stick around. Let's be better athletic trainers. Before we start, I want to thank... IPG Philly for their continued support of Pats and athletic trainers in the state of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit ipgroup.info. Matt, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. So, um, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I understand that you're currently working as a financial advisor, and I'd love to know how you went from uh, taping ankles to buying stocks.
1: (laughs) Well, first, I I love question uh, in the sense that there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Many of us, when we hear financial advisor or financial planner, we immediately go to either investment stocks or we go to insurance. But really, we look at it from a very holistic approach. It's almost like telling an athletic trainer, oh, all you do is tape ankles and handle ice bikes. It's like, well, that's part of what we do, but there's a lot more to it. And the reason I'm here in the financial world and the financial space is as an athletic trainer, I had a lot of financial setbacks throughout my athletic training career and it's all stuff outside of the profession, but it steered me in making career moves. Uh, back in 2006, that summer, not only did I finish grad school, I got my first job as a 1099, uh, independent contractor out of high school. I got married and my wife and I bought our first house all within three months. So from the outside, it was (laughs) like, hey, you know, my life's on financial track, right? It it looked great. But really, it was the beginning of financial derailment because when we were applying for that mortgage, what I didn't know going into it is that I was gonna need two years of W-2 tax returns. I needed that consistent pace, um, proof of income as an independent contractor. So back in 2006, they were giving out mortgages like candy. And my wife and I, we got stuck into a 80-20, a split mortgage, hundred percent interest only for ten years. And at the time we were like, we were being led to believe, hey, this is your option, the market's skyrocketing while you can, you'll be fine, just refinance in two years. So you fast forward two years, two thousand and eight, housing market tanks. So now not only hundred percent interest only, but we're upside down on the mortgage. can't get out. So at the time I was making as an athlete trainer, I was making like 32,000 and I was like, I got to get out of this, the stress, the anxiety. So I go on looking for a new job that would pay more and went to the college setting for a year or two. It wasn't making ends meet. I got involved in a startup company. It's going to pay me $20,000 more than I was making. I'm like, this is great. just where I need to be. But I didn't understand the buy, sell agreements, the operating agreements and my role within the company on a Friday morning, I woke up, went to my bank account, and I didn't receive a paycheck. And I ended up going, it's a long story, the way the business was structured, it was basically a Rob Peter to PayPal scenario, but I ended up going three months with no income. And in fact, sacrificing my pay so I could make sure my employees were getting paid. And after three months, I was like, I, I can't afford to do this anymore. I go back into uh, become a physician extender. I become a sports medicine supervisor, athletic director. Get out of that mortgage. We get out of our debt. Everything's back on track. I'm making a great income. And then one morning I get a phone call. It was a law firm. A doctor that I worked for about three years prior, we were being named in a lawsuit for a patient that had passed away. And now I'm sitting here stressed anxiety all comes back. Am I going to lose everything that I've worked for? And at that point, I was like, as athletic trainers, this is information that we don't get. And there's so much in the financial world that we just need education on. And ultimately as athletic trainers, I mean, we get it. We're overworked underpaid to begin with. And so therefore it's, how do we manage our money? How do we prepare ourselves? And how do we have confidence and clarity around our financial world?
2: yeah no that's 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 great uh matt i I appreciate you sharing that story um obviously it's got to be difficult to to say that out loud right like that's that's a lot um to go through um that being said you know athletic trainers kind of know getting into the profession that we're not going to make a ton of money right that that's not why most of us get into the profession we we, we love what we do we love our athletes um and, and we love to to provide that care that we do that you know isn't the only reason though we, we still need to make a living and we still need to, to set ourselves up for the future um, what could you tell us or tell our listeners um, what what are some key areas that we can really focus on um, and, and maybe talk about what what to focus on early in our career versus you know maybe mid 40s 50s and then maybe later on um, what, are, what are some real key areas that we need to know about or, or need to um, you know think about as we uh, we're, we're trying to set ourselves up for, for the future
1: sure uh, so if you look at your financial world, it starts with organization, just knowing where everything is together. Going back uh, earlier, you know, when you say, Oh, you know, you're a financial planner, it's stocks or it's insurance. You know, a a quick exercise I would run with people is I'm just going to kind of start to rapid fire at you guys some topics and think about it's like, do I have that going on in my life? And it starts with car insurance, homeowners insurance, Renters insurance, uh, long-term disability insurance, short-term disability insurance, health insurance, wills, trusts, powers of attorney, life insurance. How about property? Do you have jewelry, sports collectibles, things of significant value? Savings, checking, money market, CDs, maybe an Acorns or Robinhood account for investments. A 401k, 403b, I twenty nine plan, college savings for your kids. How about a mortgage, credit card debt, student loan debt? How do you manage all that? How do you see it all in one picture? And how is it effective? And that all then comes back to the most important thing, our largest asset that we have is our ability to generate income for ourselves. And that's where it starts. And so as a, the first step is just being financially organized, being able to see everything, are your dollars being effective and efficient in all the different areas? It, is it going to be effective and efficient in the short-term, mid-term, long-term? When are you going to need access to that cash? And the next step is really thinking about your goals and your concerns. All of us are at different life stages. We all have different goals and concerns ahead of us. And where I find this is, I, I fell in this trap early in my career is I was just trying to self-teach, you know, listen to, to different types of podcasts or read books, but a lot of the information out there, it's good information, but it's not a one size fits all approach. Right. You know, you can't, it's not a blanket philosophy or strategy, you really have to customize it to yourself. And the only way you can do that is by being organized and getting everything laid out in front of you to start with. Um, from there, once you're organized, um, the team at IPG Philly, what we really focus on, it, it's a four step approach. So. We look at protecting our todays, making sure any of the big what-ifs happen, we're still able to feed that income bucket for ourselves. From there, we look at saving strategies, controlling what we can control. A lot of people naturally think, okay, I have my 401k plan or you know retirement plan through work. I- I'm set. But we can't always control the stock market. We can't control when we have access to that money if and when we need it. So. We build in a saving strategies. Then we look at your life event plans. What What's gonna happen in six months? What's, what's your goal in three years, 20 years, 40 years? And then from there, if you have debt, we focus on how can we approach and tackle some of that debt for you.
0: So here's um, kind of a question to kind of um, go on from that. Um, so you were a 1099, um, for your first job so you're an independent contractor working for an organization or a school district mm-hmm. how does investing and saving for the future and creating that strategy differ from somebody who is a w-2 employee somebody full-time with benefits and working for um working for the organization or through yes. i should say
1: so a lot of different strategies right and if you're a 1099 1099- contractor, it's, do you set yourself up with an LLC or, you know, do you create a business structure that then opens up opportunities for different investment and uh, retirement strategies? When you work for a company, a lot of times the group benefits, those plans are already set in place. However, we can't assume that just because we have group benefits that it's going to cover everything that we need. A lot of times there's still gaps. There's still tax buckets that we have to be uh, mindful of. And so the difference is, as an independent contractor, really building your entire benefits package yourself—that individual plan. And one thing I found with athletic trainers, um, especially in you know the the traditional settings, the um, the high school, the college, where a lot of us are taking on premium coverage, so Mm -hmm. we get trapped in a mindset of, hey, yeah, I have all my benefits through my employer, but the reality is your per diem income and all that is completely exposed. Like that's not protected. So you have to develop structure around that to protect yourself on that as well.
2: So, um, you talked a little bit earlier about getting organized. Um, and that sounds all well and good. Could you maybe dive into what that entails or, or any specifics you could share with us?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) there's a lot of tools out there that you can use, but we've, we use a tool that's called the Living Balance Sheet at IG Philly, and it's there's a lot of different ways, and this is what I'm excited about uh, with Pats and being able to offer this out to all the Pats members. There's a couple ways you can go about it. You can set up your own personal website and go in and enter in all that data yourself if you want to. You know, if you, you're a, a do-it-yourself type person, you can go in and it's a simple, easy website. Walks you through category by category, and you just type in uh, the specifics on what's being asked, and it'll show you then a scorecard. So what you have in place for protection, what you're doing on cash flow and savings wise, um, your debt. You actually have a a scorecard, and now you can say, hey, I'm doing great, or these are areas that I need to improve upon. Some people are like, you know what, I don't have time. I'm You know, I don't have any free time, especially during the season, right? Like schedules are constantly changing. I don't have time for this. And so what we do is we can send a document checklist and it's basically anything and everything in one's financial world. If you're able to gather that data, send it over to us securely, we'll populate your, your website for you. Say here, you know, here's your, your own, um, living balance sheet. It's populated for you. If you want to discuss anything or have, um, Anything that you would like to work on improving, we're here to offer recommendations on that.
2: Right. So so yeah, Matt, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I think that's a great resource for our listeners to to check out and, and we can give a, a few more details about that at the end of the show. Um, but you know, can you maybe talk a little bit about more specifics of you know what you know, your beginning of your career versus like maybe towards the end of the career and what, what might be different there with, with what you should be doing and what you should be focusing on?
1: Yeah. So for an athletic trainer, the young professionals it's just getting started off strong with a budget and and knowing your budget and starting to create a balance as far as percentages, you know, we don't a lot of times on the back end, we're not looking at specific numbers. So whether you make 40,000 or you make up 250,000, that doesn't really matter. It's for balance. It's what percentage of your financial plan, where are the dollars going and are you balanced that way? Because from there, with pay increases or other opportunities that come along, you just stay proportion, from a percentage wise from, you know, for those who are getting started later. um, You know, we've met with clients who are, you know, 50, 55, getting close to retirement. And all of a sudden our mindset has to shift because we have to look at how is this money going to be distributed throughout retirement, much more complex. (laughs) on the backside, I'll I'll say that Um, but we really started looking at tax buckets, how, where your money's positioned, how are you gonna get taxed on that, Um, how much truly had to live off of versus how much is going to be going to taxes. So the, initially it's just getting control of your budget. And then as you layer in over time, it's just shifting dollars and a lot of times as people, we don't like cost, right? Anytime there, no matter what it's going to, it's a bad four letter word, it's cost. But what we try to position it as is, hey, all we're doing is strategically taking money from our left pocket and putting it in our right pocket. Yeah, you may not have immediate access to it now, but you'll be able to have it down the road when you need it.
0: Cool. I know a couple uh, a couple years ago I got laid off. Um, I had the I had the fortune of knowing it um, pretty pretty far in advance, and that's kind of exactly what Melissa and I did. We um, we kind of sat down. We, we looked at our expenses. Looked at um, you know possible income in the future, uh, what we were going to do, and for the next six months, just kind of get through um, get through the rest of a school year. Uh, until hiring again. And I can honestly say that budget kind of saved us. Um, It it was, we we stuck to it. We were still able to put money in savings with uh, the money that we had coming in. I had a couple other little side projects um, that kind of helped out in the short term there as well. So yeah, that that budget, um, that budget's really helpful.
1: It's huge and we even saw it this past year. Uh, It's one of the most rewarding parts of doing what I'm doing now Had many athletic trainers that I started working with about two years ago as I was entering into this career path and when COVID hit, you know, the the job layoffs, the furloughs and just reaching out to them saying, Hey, just checking in, uh, is everything good? And a lot of them are like, so many of them were like, Yeah, actually because of the plan that we did, I'm not worried about this. And actually had two of them who were like, I'm actually going to take advantage and I'm gonna be able to buy my house you know, because of, right. we're at. and it's like, it's crazy. Like I just got furloughed, but yeah, I'm going to go purchase my first house. And so yep. it's, it's so key. It's discipline. It's, <laughs> you know, we tell athletes all the time, proper nutrition and did, going to the gym, stretching, like doing all that discipline stuff that we hate doing, but it's a necessity and it's it, the same with budgeting.
0: Yep. It's, it's not bad to spend money. As long as you have that money and you know where it's coming from and, and it, it's allocated uh, the proper way. Exactly. So um, earlier you had talked about percentages, you know, whether you're making like 30,000 or 250,000. Are you able to share a little bit about, you know, like what roughly percentages look like and where we should be looking to save money or where we should kind of be living uh, within our means kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Um, On, you know, the protection side, you know, with I'll, I'll just start with like disability insurance because that's protecting your income, your most valuable asset. Most of the time, the insurance industry is going to kind of regulate what you're even allowed to apply for on coverage. So most of the time when it comes down on the budget, on what's out of pocket, it falls on average right around 1 to 3% of your income. So you're taking 1 to 3% to protect as close, usually around like 90% total. So you're you're taking about 1% one to, one to 3% there. Um, on saving strategies, what we consider what we call a world-class saver, it's 20% of your income is what you're saving. Okay. Um, on that, there's a lot of different theories and philosophies. And again, it comes back to the person's individual goals, concerns, what they want. Some people feel comfortable if they have three months savings in, um, in living expenses in their um, savings account. Some people want six months, some people want a year. That That's so variable. But when we say 20%, we're also considering what you're putting in for your retirement account, going into your savings account. There's even uh, like cash value, whole life insurance policies that yeah. technically consider our savings because you'll recoup all that money at some point, one way or another. Um, and so from a savings strategy, we look at 20% and then on the debt management side it gets tricky like how much do i throw at debt um and there's a lot again a lot of different philosophies and theories out there some people will say hey just save a thousand dollars for the rest at debt if you're comfortable at that and so that we tailor to the client like what what do they want so, um, kind
0: of based on their, their comfort level, their income, their, their debt structure, um, kind of what they need um, versus what they're willing to, um, to kind of get by with, that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, Matt, so. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So, I was just curious um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making?
1: First and foremost, not having any control of their budget. Not, not knowing where their money's going and it's amazing sometimes you go through just a living expense worksheet with them and they realize like wow i have you know a couple thousand dollars at the end of the year i don't even know where that money's going <laughs> and so it's accounting for every dollar it makes sure every dollar has has a purpose so that's that's a big one the other is um i wouldn't necessarily sort of call it a mistake again it, it comes down to your personal philosophy but it's looking at needs-based planning versus human-like value planning. And there's two completely separate philosophies on that. And where we find at the time, I would say when you make the decision, you make the decision what you feel is best for you at that moment. And you can't predict what's going to happen six months, a year down the road. But what we find a lot of people do is uh, on the on the protection strategy, the life, the DI. When you're young, we feel that we're invincible. Nothing's going to happen to us. I'll be fine. Like, And I'll, I'll figure it out if something does happen. But then what happens is your financial world gets more complex. You have more moving parts. And now at the age of you know, 40, 45, 50, retirement's starting to become more real. You have bigger assets on your books that you have to protect. In, in the insurance world, A lot of times it's based on your age and based on your health. And now they're coming to us and saying, hey, I need this. And it's like, well, sorry, you don't qualify. Or a perfect example that we recently had um, family, the the husband was the breadwinner, making a lot of money, uh, doing very well, his wife um, was like, you know what, we need to protect his income. It's getting close to retirement, but we have to make sure we can get to the next 15 years Something would happen, retirement plans be out the window. So, applies for disability insurance, turns 50, goes for his 50 year old colonoscopy checkup that we all love, right? Gets that. Ugh. He's not eligible for it, gets denied. And now there's a stress and burden there of I don't have this protection. I now potentially have an illness or an injury that could prevent me from working. Yep. How am I going to get to retirement? How am I going to get through retirement? And so, on the protection side, it's the procre- procrastination is what gets people the most. They put it off, and then when it's time, they either a) the premiums are so high they can't afford it yeah. and they can't fit in their budget, or they don't qualify, and um, that's that's another very common issue that we see.
2: Yeah, no that, that that makes a lot of sense. And and trying to, I mean, I think that's why it's really valuable to to get you on here. I, I won't lie, I was a little skeptical at first just because this is way outside my wheelhouse and, and we talked about that a little bit on the pre-call. Um I, I you know, finance is not my 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 cup of tea. So um, but I do think it's a it's a great conversation that needs to be had, right? So like I, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your knowledge with us. Um, and I think if anything that that hopefully people take away that, you know, starting this conversation earlier is is probably your best bet.
1: Yeah, it's making the educated decision, at least having the knowledge. Um And to your point, Adam, it's not your fault, right? We always joke like finances. It's something that we don't talk about. Like it's it's a big no no. Like you don't want to talk about your financial situation with anyone. And it's you know we're not taught it in schools, um, even in the home world. Me growing up, I didn't talk finances with my parents a lot. It was just Mm -hmm. kind of like, hey, just figure it out as you go. And um, I think financial wellness is becoming more and more um, of an issue. And there was a recent statistic that said like 45% of Americans suffer from financial stress and anxiety. I mean, it, it is a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just, it's not just athletic trainers, it's it's a society thing, but, um, Yeah. yeah. So the earlier you have a conversation and what we always joke about, is, Hey, we're here to educate, We'll provide recommendations. What you do with the recommendations is up to you. You can implement all, some, none, that's fine, but at least you have the knowledge to make an informed decision.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think the uh, the scariest thing that you said in that last segment was 40 is old, and I'm like two <laughs> years away from that, and I'm just like,
1: shoot. I know, I'm, I'm at that point myself. My wife and I the other day were looking like, she's she's closer to halfway to retirement, like she's over that halfway point, it's mm-hmm. like, we got to really start, you know, finding that out. And it's, you think about it, retirement age is 65, you know, 67 around there. So that's when most people ideally want to retire, um, just for that's when Medicare, social security, all that's kicking in. And it's all of a sudden you start off at 25 and you're like, Oh, I got plenty of time. And then all of a sudden, Ooh, it's, I'm on the home stretch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah uh, uh, I, I can remember when I first started at Dickinson um, they 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 provided an opportunity to talk to to somebody such as yourselves that, but but it was kind of setting up the, the retirement and I just started working. And uh, the guy basically laughed at me because he was like, yeah, you 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 don't even have any income yet. Like you're, we're gonna set you up on this plan and like don't even worry about it. So like I washed my hands of it for a while. Um, and obviously now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to creep up there with, with you all and uh, you know, c- circling back and, and really trying to dive into this stuff is probably, probably a good idea, so.
1: And you bring up a good point on that, Adam. You know, I saw it myself working for school districts, working for corporations, and again it's no fault to them, but when you get set up on your retirement plan, I think I had a fifteen minute meeting w- with our guy and he's like, yeah. So you're this age, we're gonna put you in this target fund and yep. you know, I'll see you next year. That
2: was exactly what it was. Yep.
1: Yep. And and so while that's part of financial planning, it's it's not all of financial planning and I even like to use the example of you go to purchase a car right so everyone you know most of us need a car you go to the car dealership they're not going to sit there and say well okay what's your what's your, what are your goals and concerns like what's <laughs> going to be three years five years down the road how does purchasing this car or investing it for this retirement account how's that going to affect the rest of your financial world what other sacrifices where you going to have to move money no, what are they saying? This is your income. This is the percent that we can give you. This is your credit score. Okay, great. Yeah. So it's, you know, if we look at everything in silos, I think that's the other mistake. People think in silos, they think, all right, it's, I'm buying a house, um, you know, X, Y, Z, but it's not, how does it all tie together? And what does that mean for other areas? Because again, that bucket of your income has to go in we focus on 19 different areas and one's financial world putting it together, but it all stems from that one bucket. So it's how and how is it one decision going to affect all the other areas?
2: Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing, right? It's that, it's that personalized, I think we've talked about it several times here. Um, but you know, it's that personalized touch. Um, you know, everybody's going to be a little bit different goals, expectations are, are going to be different. So um, having somebody such as yourself that can kind of guide you through that process, I think would be really, really valuable. That That said, um, I don't remember all the details. We were on our pre-call, and you you talked about your residency programs, and it sounded cool um, and 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 helpful. Could you just maybe describe those a little bit and and what that entails?
1: Yes, uh, so we're we work in multiple hospital systems where we go in and this is kind of why I wanted to really focus on athletic trainers. I got this idea um, from the residency programs. Physicians in the residency programs, they have outside professionals come in to present on different topics, and part of it is financial awareness, financial wellness, and so on a quarterly basis, we'll go in and we do a one-hour seminar on protection strategies, and then we do a one-hour seminar on cash flow and uh, budgeting, and we do student loan, uh, a lot of physicians come out with a ton of medical debt or student loan debt. So we do student loan uh, management and debt management. And okay. through the residency program, they're, they hear us three, four times talking. And sometimes it resonates. Sometimes you're at that point. It's like, yeah, I can start to implement some of this stuff. And for others, it's okay. As I come out and become an attending, it's going to make sense. I can start to implement it then. But you know, when I saw that these other medical professionals were getting this education, that it was built into their program, it's like, we should be able to do this for athletic trainers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, um, so what we're doing now is we, it's um, seminar series, we can offer it to, whether it's companies, school districts, or just for PATS members. We There's a lot of opportunity here where we can just say, hey, we're gonna set this up, and if you want to tune in and listen in, you can, and um, get, get a little bit of education out of it.
2: Love that. I love that. I, I'm, I'm, I call myself a lifelong learner and I have more recently actually started to dive outside. So, you know, spent the last 15 years only learning about physiology, anatomy, rehab, right? <laughs> And I was starting to realize that branching outside of that and learning outside topics, actually, <laughs> usually you can you can find some some overlapping concepts, right? To even with finance, I feel like there's there's definitely concepts that you could take from that world and bring into your your professional world of athletic training as well. Uh, but it, even if not, like just setting yourself up financially, I think. Just you know, talking about anxiety and, and the stress of finances and and not having that control is going to affect what you do in your daily living as well, right? So, I, like the importance of this is is just beyond what what we can even you know fathom. Um, so I, I I I'm loving this. Like I said, I was skeptical at first, but I I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> we got you on here. Um, and and I think that these these topics are just so important, and, and we don't talk about them, like you said. So your your ability to bring them to athletic training, I think, is going to be really helpful. Um, you know, I, I, that said, like, what makes you different, right? What makes you, you know, I guess one, if I were to contact you and and want your sort services, you know, what, what does that entail? And then what makes you different than somebody else?
1: Sure. So if you were to contact me, my first question is what's going on? Like, but, but goals, concerns, like what's stressing you down and you and I have that conversation and then I've built this model with my team. I got to give Jeff Bryant. Uh, Mike Waterhouse, quick shout out. They've been instrumental in this because I wouldn't have been able to do this without them. Uh, They saw my vision and got behind me. But I view the financial triage, so to speak, kind of like a sports medicine team, where as an athletic trainer, you see that patient, they come to you, you assess, and then it's, okay, it's a knee injury. I'm going to send them to the knee doc. And then I'm going to make sure that they get back to their sport whether it's football, field hockey, so it doesn't matter. Get back to what sport there is and it's specific to them. But as an athlete trainer, we have a team of specialists around us with our physicians, our physical therapists. And so on the financial side, I know I can't be an expert in all the investments and in stocks, in all the insurance policies, in the income strat- protection strategies. So what we've done is I'm the athletic trainer. I'm side by side with you. I understand where you're coming from. Whether it's Matt, I can't meet today. It's called a practice last minute. I got to rain out, like so. It's you know, there's a COVID I, pandemic. You know, yeah. people people in quarantine. <laughs> I'm I'm able to to understand that, and relate, and say, okay, not a problem. But here's your problem. Let's go meet with with Ray, our income uh, specialist. Let's go meet with Mike, our investment specialist. This is where you're at and let's go meet and i'm kind of there as a mentor a coach along the way um i always joke athletes come back right you send them to the shoulder doc and they're like yeah i hurt my rotary cup and you're like <laughs> <laughs> and the same see about the investments the, the jargon that's out there there's so yeah. much information it's like hey wh- what does this really mean and i'm there to help break it down so that's how we differentiate ourselves where i i've worked with other financial advisors in the past but again it, it was one person and so not that it's necessarily wrong, but sometimes it's okay. Very tunnel vision that way. And we bring a lot of different perspectives to the table and we challenge each other behind the scenes, um, making sure that we are doing what's best for you in in the big
2: picture. I love that. I love that. I I, I take that same mentality with my, my sports medicine team. Um, And yeah, you know, we can't, like I said, can't, we can't be experts at everything. And I love that you're, you're willing to admit that and, and refer out when you need to, right. And your ability to, um uh put that in layman's terms right and 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 interpret what maybe the expert said if they weren't able to communicate that as well as they should have so I, that that's awesome
0: so let's um let's jump back to some of those free resources you were talking about can you tell us a little bit about the tools where we can find them and what what they're going to help us with
1: sure so the um the living balance sheet you can actually just Google living Sheet and go in there to kind of see an overview of it but what's neat is it breaks it down and color codes the system for you so on the top bar it says protection and it has all your protection strategies from your homeowners and property casualty insurance to your group benefits uh, if you have wills trust life insurance then you have um, your assets your liabilities and then your cash flow at the bottom so it really breaks it down the best way to get set up on it is Um, all I need to create an account is a name and email address and I can theoretically set up a living balance sheet for, for anyone at, you know, no cost, no obligation on that. The Well Steps program is the educational program that we call it. And it's the same there. It's, if you want to take advantage of it, I'm playing, I'm actually running a pilot program right now as we speak. I have 12 athletic trainers signed up on it, just to make sure it flows. Um, It's something new that we're rolling out. And so we're going through that process. It's a five-week process where it's pretty much a half-hour, 40-minute presentation, followed by, hey, we're going to dive into your living balance sheet. I'm going to show you how to navigate your website and where to put this information in to make sure it makes sense. Um, And so the easiest way is, um, whether it's email correspondence, text, um anyway getting in contact
2: that way to set that up perfect perfect and we'll put all that in That's the cool. show notes um add the links and make sure everybody has access to all that information perfect perfect
0: all right um phil we ready to move into the lightning round i, I think we should i think we should uh, right. do you want to start you want me to start this time um go ahead you can get started so matt what is your dream job
1: doing what i'm doing right now
0: there you go yeah <laughs>
1: I, I always, I, one of my sports medicine professors in college was the next best move for you is what you want to do next. And quite frankly, I right now, I enjoy what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. And, you know, who knows what's going to unfold in 15, 20 years from now. But passionate about doing what I'm doing right now. I love the team that I have, uh, that we're working with, everyday fun.
0: I, I love that. I love that you you bring in the the team aspect into finances, like we use with the sports medicine team. But I, I have to ask, do you pick up your hip sack anymore?
1: <laughs> um. So nope. I still. I'm um, actually. I do DME. So I. Okay. On the side, I still fit um, DME products for company, but we. um, I've kind of moved off the sideline coverage because I have a nine-year-old, seven-year-old. I'm coaching them. I'm a coordinator for the league. I'm involved in their Cub Scouts. So that's where I get my on field. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And actually I'm helping our league build out like a safety coordinator position and helping train these volunteer coaches on sports first aid and, and things of that nature. So that's where I get my AT fix, so to speak
0: there you go. That's, and that's, and you want some, I think that's a very good, uh, give back to the community too. I, I, sure. I appreciate, uh, people getting involved like that.
2: Nice. Yeah. No, I appreciate that as well. So Matt, what, what do you do for fun? sounds like you're a busy guy. I don't know if you have <laughs> time for fun, but, but if you are, if you find some time, what are you doing?
1: No, I, I have a lot of fun being involved with my kids in their activities. Um, on the side, I do love making home videos, uh, photography, videography, uh, Putting stuff together that way, so that's kind of my side hobby at home, um, and we, we do enjoy the outdoors. We go camping a lot and nice. things like that. Yeah,
0: sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you draw your inspiration from? Quite honestly, I get inspiration
1: listening to um, I, I love Simon Sinek uh, podcast that way, TED Talks, and yeah. also just music. Um, I get a lot of inspiration just listening to different types of music that gets me pumped up, motivated. Like diving into the lyrics and being like, "Okay, like let, let, let's get let's get to work here. Let's make a difference."
2: Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I'm I'm I know you're not currently practicing in athletic training, but I'm I'm curious to hear what your response is to this. But what what does being an athletic trainer mean to you?
1: It's making a difference and enhancing the experience for all those that involve my philosophy all along, when I, whether as an athletic trainer or an athletic director, I want that experience to be the best possible experience for that athlete. It doesn't matter if they're the starter, if they're the last man on the bench, building those relationships, having those conversations. That's what the kids, the athletes, that's what they're going to remember long-term. They're not going to remember what I did on week three of their ankle rehab program, but it's its just making a difference in their lives, making an
2: impact. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we always get the greatest answers from that. And um, I thought you were going to just stop after your first statement, which would have been amazing. And just like Mike dropped it because that was a great, <laughs> great. But then you, you provided a little bit more detail, which is also awesome. Um, but but yeah, Matt, thank you. I, I We really appreciate Coming on the show, show and um, taking some time and, and providing us with some information, um, our, our listeners I think will, will find this very valuable. Um, if if again if we can we'll put this up on the show notes and and then um, add the links. But you know how how can people reach out to you? Just one last time.
1: Sure. Uh, so my cell phone number 215-595-7132. Text phone call works. Um, or my email with uh, which is Matthew dot shade
2: at IP group dot info. Perfect. Perfect. And like I said, I'll throw that up on the show notes. That makes sure everybody has access to that. Uh, Matt, thank you again. And a, a huge thank you to IPG Philly for sponsoring this episode. We appreciate it. Um, and to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, share, tweet, post, comment, and DM. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Richmond. And I'm Philip Hensler. And this was the Pats Podcast.